0: What's up, family? You are tuned into Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Cat Brooks. All right, we're going to turn our conversation now to... Uh, a local conversation about removing armed officers from traffic stops. We are joined by uh, my former boss and my friend, uh, council member uh, Marquise Harris-Dawson. He represents the city's District 8, which covers most of South Los Angeles. He became an elected official after taking over the executive director role at Los Angeles' community coalition from now Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Good morning, C- council member Dawson.
1: Good morning. Uh, it's so good to be on uh, KPFA and uh, to be on here with you. Uh, this is like uh, my wildest dreams come true.
0: <laughs> I actually want to get you on the air for a minute, so I'm really glad that, that you're here. Um, Councilor Rodawson, I want to start with some data. Uh, how much more likely are black folks in Los Angeles to be pulled over by law enforcement than white folks?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know the data. I just know it is is almost criminal, this, the extent to which it is the, the disproportionality. Both your likelihood to be pulled over, your likelihood to be pulled over multiple times, and your likelihood to be searched uh, at, when you're pulled over. And the uh, very, very comparatively small percentage of black folks uh, who are actually found with contraband or something illegal when they are searched.
0: And from the political perspective, I want you to talk just for a second about the mental and emotional impact for black and brown and indigenous folks who live with the constant threat of being pulled over and knowing that that encounter could at bare minimum be violent and the worst case deadly.
1: Well, you know, I think people do uh, people who don't experience this can't imagine what it's like uh, to live in relative terror all the time, literally every time you leave your house. Uh, if you're walking, this can happen to you. If you're biking, this can happen to you. If you're skateboarding, this can happen to you. And God forbid you're in an automobile, it's very likely to happen to you. And literally every encounter you have can be deadly. And so there, there are there's a black police officer right now in LAPD who has on his little TikTok channel. He's a very pro-police uh, individual. He says to black people, your goal when you encounter a police should be to survive the encounter. Can you imagine this? Sure. Uh, that, that we have encounters on a daily basis that we are supposed to survive. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think his statement's accurate, uh, but I think it's wrong. And I think we got to move away from that and, and uh, move towards a society that we all deserve to live in.
0: The murder of Tyree Nichols has put, uh, you know, the nation uh, on on this pathway or uh, a pathway of demands, right, to pull cops out of traffic stops. How long have you been working on this issue? And was there a particular incident that put uh, this on your radar?
1: Well, you know, the incident that put this on my radar, uh, and you'll appreciate this, some young men at Community Coalition were being driven from a high school to the Community Coalition. This is probably in the early 2000s uh, being driven by an adult organizer who was admittedly young with an adult organizer, you have five or six guys in the car and they got pulled out of the car and five, six LAPD officers come and, and, you know, we're absolutely terrorized. I think I go to the scene. I think, you know, even, uh, Karen Bass, who was running the organization at the time, she goes to the scene and we, you know, we deescalate and diffuse and everybody goes home fine. And I'll remember one of the young men in the car who was, uh, you know, kind of a teen at that time or a late teens, Elmer uh, Don, who said, mm-hmm. why is the person doing a traffic stopped armed with a deadly weapon? Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, it was like the clouds opened up. And this was like basically a kid saying this to me. But I, he's like, I don't understand why if we had a broken taillight or whatever they were stopped for, that we needed to have, the government needed to have someone with a gun uh, dealing with us that doesn't happen in any other walk of life. And so ever since that time, I've been committed to the concept. And uh, with some of my colleagues on the LA city council, we were able to put forward a motion, uh, two years ago Uh, that we're studying. Look, this is a big seismic change. So it's going to take a while, but we're going to continue to push on it until we get there.
0: Councilmember Dawson, walk us through your actual proposal. What are the details?
1: What what our proposal does is it asks the city to do a study, do an international study of traffic enforcement around the world. Uh, we happen to think that LA, uh, that California, that the United States is probably the anomaly, uh, and places like LA are even more extreme. Uh, we ask them to come up with a set of options for the city to consider. Uh, you know, can we expand parking enforcement? You know, in Los Angeles, the the meter, what they're called meter maids, or the parking enforcement folks are not on with deadly weapons. They give people tickets all the time. They in fact tow people's cars, um, and are taught to deescalate if they get into an argument and if an argument goes sideways, they will call an armed officer, uh, who will respond to that. But, um, there are a number of ways to go about it. Um, there's electronic surveillance, which, you know, there's a lot of nervousness about that as well. But again, if the concern is really traffic safety, then, you know, if people are speeding or people are driving in a dangerous way, we need to deal with that in, in in whatever way we can. Because at the same time, at the same time, Ms. Brooks, as we have all of these traffic stops in L.A., L.A. also is the most deadly city for pedestrians in terms of people getting hit by cars or uh, bicyclists getting hit by cars. So we're harassing a bunch of people with traffic stops, but we're actually not making the roads any safer. And so we have a study that has us look at all of that, come back to the city council with options, and, you know, we'll have a community and citywide discussion, and we will change uh, that in the city of L.A.
0: If you ever call me Miss Brooks again, we will fight. (laughs) (laughs) You better call me Kat. (laughs) Uh, I I, I mean, just so you all know, Marquise is one of the people I have to credit uh, for my organizing chops, and so... Real grateful for that. Um, well, how is Los Angeles uh, Police Department reacting to the proposal?
1: Well, you know, they react. Look, Los Angeles actually, the police department, as um, as notorious as their reputation can sometimes be, they actually run towards reform and tend to be ahead of most other police departments in the country, except for places, you know, like Berkeley or some places in the, the far northeast that are very progressive small cities. Uh, so L.A., when we made our proposal, the police department on their own made a proposal that said at every traffic stop, you have to, you know, the police has to turn their camera on from the minute they turn on the lights. And with when they uh, address the person, they have to say, I pulled you over because uh, and mm-hmm. if they don't do that, you know, they're subject to to, you know, whatever a reprisals the police department will bring against that officer that does a couple of things. It it is a half step, but it's a, you know, it's a half step. And so I I don't want to be dismissive of it. Um, What it says is now we're keeping track of what people are stopped for by race, by gender, by neighborhood and, and all the rest. So we'll have some data very soon. that says not only do black people get pulled over more disproportionately, but they're more disproportionately pulled over for questionable or suspect offenses that other people are not pulled over at all for. Right. So, Uh, we'll have that. So, you know, the police department has, you know, uh, said, here's what we can do on our own. Um, they definitely have questions and concerns uh, about it. I think their questions and concerns are very, very narrow, and I think they can be their workarounds. You know, one of the things LAPD officers will tell you off the record is, you know, in LAPD, we don't really look for burglars, right? So if somebody breaks in your house and they take your stuff, right, you call the police, they come by, and they dust for prints and they take pictures. The truth is nobody's out looking for that person's fingerprints right. or, you know, look for their stuff. But what happens often is when they pull someone over and they do a consensual search and they see your stuff in the trunk, they go, oh, we caught the person who, who burglarized Cat's home. <laughs> so they're like, well, we don't know how we would do that. Uh, so, I, you know, to me, that's a police problem, uh, not a community problem. And that doesn't justify the amount of traffic stops that are done. Uh, So I think, you know, policing will have to figure out other ways to do their job. Um, But uh, on the whole, I think um, I think we have the police department in a uh, position where if there is a workable solution that people agree on, I think they will embrace it.
0: Mark Grace, I want to go back to this idea of electronic surveillance because I've been wrestling with it too, right? Because we're we're gonna mm-hmm. run bills up here as well. You know, uh, we've been part of a coalition to stop uh, LA, or excuse me, OPD from putting cameras, you know, uh, on on traffic stops, especially in communities of color because of surveillance issues. Have you thought about how to mitigate the harm um, of that while also mitigating the harm yeah, you know, of folks being pulled up? Yeah, over? there's there's no- yeah, there's
1: no good answer to that that I've come up with, mm. uh, and I and if people have good answers, they should, you know. I would love to hear them. You know, look, th- these I don't worry about what the police are going to do with the footage while I'm in office, but I'm only going to be in office for a short time. So, and then I'll leave, and somebody else will come along, and and uh, you know that footage, you know, who knows what the government will do with the footage. Uh, but I have to say, there are entirely too many folks getting hit in Los Angeles. And this may be a thing that's particular to LA. You know, I mean, I just went to the vigil for a 13 year old and a one and a, who was holding a one and a half year old who got hit on main street and Imperial. Uh, and that, and that's a unfortunately pretty regular uh, occurrence. Again, LA is the most dangerous city in the country for pedestrians and South LA, the part that I represent is the most dangerous in the city. Uh, and so something's got to be done. Uh, the question is what uh, surveillance is. You know, obviously the cheapest way. You know, a camera never hit anybody head hit, hit anybody in the head with a billy club. Um, so, and to that extent, it's an improvement. But the question is, what else does the camera catch, and what else is being watched?
0: Right. Given the fact that you've been pushing this issue uh, for all this time, there's been delays. What was your reaction when, at the very beginning of 2023? The Los Angeles Police Department killed three people, murdered three people in two days. One of them, of course, being Keenan Anderson, whose encounter with law enforcement started with a traffic stop.
1: You know, it just made me angry that we hadn't moved with more urgency. Um, I, you know, I I think I went on social media and said, you know, condolences are not enough. Uh, you know, anger and disapproval is not enough. We've known this is a problem for a long time. There are bills. Before Congress, I mean, before Council, to deal with it, and we haven't moved them fast enough. We haven't moved them with urgency. We just honored uh, yesterday for Black History Month. Herb Weston, the, f- the first and only black uh, person to be president of the LA City Council, and he pointed out that when he was in office, he put in, he put forward bills for unarmed response. He's been out of office now three years. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, my thing is it, because of who's getting killed, we foot drag on it. Is the only way I can say, and uh, we need to knock that off and and come correct.
0: Do you think now with uh, the murders of both Keenan and uh, Tyree, you may be able to get a little more traction for your bill?
1: We are, have already gotten more traction, so people are already moving faster. As uh, folks might know, the LA City Council uh, has six new members, um, and you know a progressive slate uh, prevailed in uh in in a lot of the open and contested seats so one we have a more progressive council um two i think even members who are moderate to conservatives are like yeah like this has been pointed out to us for years and we haven't done enough about it quickly enough
0: my understanding is that there also has to be amendments at the state level my org aptp is going to be part of the coalition that runs that bill this session um do you need the state legislation to move uh, before you can move locally in
1: L.A.? Not really. Look, I think there are a lot of things we can do locally in L.A. without state legislation, but there are some things that the state needs to do. So, for example, by state law, only a sworn police officer can use a radar gun, as an example, to track if someone's speeding. Well, that, you know, that's an example. You know, we have some streets. I have this one street in my district, Slauson, you know, between Crenshaw and Overhill, which I think you know, Kat. Uh, You know, we... Like, you have to have radar enforcement. There are people who will go 90 miles an hour. Um, um, I used to be one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. And and so, um, you know, if we make it so other uh, government workers can use radars, um, can issue traffic tickets, can issue, uh, you know, when you get a traffic ticket, it is is actually a warrant or an agreement to appear. Um, And so the state law makes it so that you, you, um, only an office sworn officer can give those. We need to broaden that. You know, the other thing is on fix it, Texas, this is a place where we don't need a, 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 um, uh, state law change in cities in Canada. When you get pulled over for a broken taillight, you know what happens? The The traffic safety officer that pulls you over fixes your, fixes your taillight. Wow. And they fix your taillight and you know what your ticket is? You get, a, you get a bill in the mail for the cost of fixing your taillight. And, and think wow. about it for a second. If you driving with a broken taillight is really dangerous, why would we do what we do here in Los Angeles and around the U.S.? We stop you, we give you a citation, and then we send you on your way and say, come to court and show us that you fixed it later, knowing full well that you're going to continue to drive with a broken taillight. So the question <laughs> is, is the broken taillight really dangerous? If it was, you'd fix it on the spot. And and move forward. And so I think there are a lot of look, I think it's an opportunity for us to be very, very creative and uh, figure out, uh, again, move away from this punishment and, re- and, and reprisal uh, orientation towards problem solving uh, and, and moving towards a familial and communal and a community building um, method of solving problems.
0: All right, Councilmember Dawson, we have to leave it there. I am going to have my policy guy hit up your office to get some of that information about possible alternatives. Thank you so much, my G, for coming on the show.
1: Excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, congratulations, and uh, onward and upward.
0: Onward and upward marquise harris dawson is a los Angeles council member representing the city's district 8 which covers most of south la he became an elected official after taking over the executive director role at la's community coalition from now la mayor karen Bass. and i didn't get to ask him but uh he used to be quite the dj you've been listening to law and disorder a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system agitate for resistance and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive that's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and lawanddis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at